How many of you are mentally disturbed? <laughs> if you didn't raise your hand, you're probably in more trouble. You <laughs> know how disturbed you are. Welcome to Mental Holics Unanimous. How many of you are addicted to mental activity? Good number of honest people here. I like that. There's hope. You have to first admit it before you can be free of it. How many of you would like to be free of your addiction? Ah, there's great hope. You've come to the right place. We offer here not a 12 step program, not even a one step program. This is the world's only zero-step program. Which makes it the simplest and the hardest. Because the mind cannot imagine taking zero steps. And therefore, to get there, you must realize you're already there. And that underneath all the chatter of the mind, you are a zero. That's what the mind is terrified of, discovering there is nothing behind it. <laughs> Buddha discovered there was nothing behind it, and he called it nirvana. But for the ego mind, the mind of the chatter, it's called anxiety. So the first paradox to recognize is that anxiety is just a disguised form of bliss. So if you have a lot of anxiety, you really have a great deal of bliss. So know that it's a great blessing. Don't try to get rid of it. But you must recognize it from the right perspective. The perspective is everything. How many of you believe right now you are in a room in external space? Anyone believe that? No? I'm impressed. How many of you believe that this room is in your mind? Excellent. You're halfway to liberation already. Everything that occurs, occurs in your consciousness.
including your ego, including your body, including the entire universe. Therefore, your mind is not the individual ego mind. It is the universal mind, infinite mind. That is what you really are. But you cannot know that in all of its fullness, power, and implications until the mind has stopped obscuring the truth. The ego mind, the limited, shattering mind, has stopped obscuring the Buddha mind, the mind of God. Now in the early 20th century, quantum physics inadvertently discovered the mind of God. It was a great embarrassment because they were materialists. And suddenly their quantum equation proved that what they thought had been the elementary basis of the universe, particles of matter, were actually nothing but waves. Waves of possibility, mind waves. And so the basis of this entire universe is not matter, as you've probably been taught in school, because they covered this over as quickly as they could and pretended nothing had changed and tried to get you to focus on Darwinism instead of on the implications of physics. But this is known, this is a fact, this is truth. And you can look it up in any book that gives you the truth of quantum physics. This is science. This is not metaphysics. It's not mysticism. It's simply science. Matter is a precipitate of consciousness. Consciousness is all that is real. Because matter is not stable as matter. As the quantum physicists discovered, when they were not measuring a particle, poof, it disappeared again. Before they measured it, it disappeared. And after they looked at something else, it was no longer there. This is the great quantum measurement paradox. Huge embarrassment for science. Not only that, but elementary particles cannot be located in space. And the discovery that they ultimately made was that even space is an illusion. And particles jump from one point in space to another without going through the intervening space. And they discovered that time is an illusion. So if matter, space, and time are all illusions, what is real? 
The most extraordinary thing about this last century is how little people have been reflecting upon this scientific discovery. Because it changes everything once we recognize its implications. The other thing they discovered is what's qua called quantum entanglement. Einstein called it spooky action at a distance. <laughs> he was spooked by it. Couldn't explain it because it defies causality. What it means is that if you have two particles that have a relationship and you move one to the other end of the universe, whatever you do to this one, no matter how far away that other one is, it will instantaneously move in relation to this one. They are connected. Once there has been rapport, the connection remains no matter how distant in space, no matter what obstacles, no matter if you're putting it in a lead-shielded Faraday room, it doesn't matter. Whatever you do, the response is instantaneous because it doesn't go through space, because space is an illusion. They are connected telepathically. Now, if elementary particles can be connected telepathically, surely our consciousnesses are also connected telepathically. When we come together in this room, we are creating a mind field. And all of our supposedly individual minds, and that's the key word because they are not that, come together, they integrate, they are in resonance. And the more that we meditate together, the more that, that resonance stabilizes. And if we were to meditate for a sufficient amount of time that you got to silence, and there was no chatter interfering with the signal, you would receive telepathic signals from everyone here, and we would become a single mind. And we would experience that as such. This also has been demonstrated scientifically in a number of different experiments. So, the belief that we are separate beings is a delusion. The bodies seem to be separate, but quantum physics has now taught us that the bodies are not actually made of matter. They're made of the same waves, all of us. We are a single quantum unified field. And the bodies are simply modifications of the waves that produce the space, the illusion of matter, the energy, the movement, the thought. All of it is a single whole, an unbounded whole. And the intelligence is that of the whole, of the cosmic mind, not of any of the individual minds that are waves that have become in their own illusion particles, separate egos. But in fact, when the truth is recognized, the ego particle converts back into the wave of that same mind of God. That conversion 
is Sat Yoga. The yogis realized all of this 5,000 years ago without having to build multi-billion dollar large hadron colliders or other high energy physics apparatus. And they did it simply through using their own minds as their laboratories. And those experiments done by those ancient yogis have been recapitulated over and over and over again in every generation. And the great yogis in every culture who rediscovered that original truth became the founder of a religion. And all the religion was originally was people trying to do that experiment because they were so impacted by meeting someone who was in that state of cosmic mind of the mind of God, of the Father. And the yogi in the Middle East, who is most famous for doing it, became called Christ, who said, I and the Father are one. But that Christ consciousness is a universal potential. It did not belong to one individual. Later, ego minds wanted to create a monopoly on that information, and that's how churches get created. No one has a monopoly on truth, and there is no one here who cannot be Christed in the same way. And there is no difference between Christ consciousness and Buddha consciousness. And you can call that cosmic mind God, you can call it Brahman, as the Vedic yogis did in India, you can call it Buddha nature, Shunyata, the Buddhists came up with many different names, Tathata, many different names, but all for the same ultimate reality that is actually indescribable. In India, their best description was Sat. Chit Ananda. Ultimate being, intelligence, infinite intelligence, and the bliss of pure, unconditional, infinite love. That is what we are. Not even an individualized packet of that, but we are all because there are no separate individuals there is a single unified field the ego is simply the resistance to the power of that field because that field will dissolve the ego when someone allows the ego to dissolve into the quantum field that is the mind of God that's called death and rebirth in the spirit, in religious terminology. It's called liberation, salvation, redemption. It's the goal of all human culture. We are living in the first civilization that refuses to recognize that and make that the end and object of life. And yet it's the first civilization that has actually proved the truth of it scientifically. 
Now, if that isn't the ultimate paradox. <laughs> and the only question is, do we, each of us, want to become scientists who duplicate that experiment? or remain in the ego mind of anxiety, of fear, of lack, of depression, of addiction, of pathology, and lead a life of devastation and ruin because we have failed to connect with the wisdom that is our own birthright, our own self, our own source, our own potential for eternal life. We can actualize that potential. Very simply. Through the realization of the consciousness that is perceiving our own thoughts. Everyone knows inherently that you are not your thoughts because you're seeing them, you're watching them, you're hearing them in your mind, right? They are appearing in front of you. Thoughts, images, memories, all of them are mental objects. And so if they are an object, you must be the subject. What is the subject? It is this question that hardly anyone ever asks, or at least they do not ask it consistently enough, deeply enough, to penetrate through the illusion that, oh, I must be just the body. They tell me I'm the brain, that's what I am. And they stop and fall for a false answer. Or they identify with the words in language, the representations of the identity. The word I, yo. That word, once you believe that that is you, then will carry you off on the stream of consciousness that will lead to all the dead ends that thought is prone to. Now, the same thing that happens in a quantum physics experiment happens every moment in your mind. Before you have a thought, when your mind is silent, even if it's only for a moment, you have the potentiality for creating any possible thought, any of an infinite number of thoughts. But the ego mind, out of that infinity, will concretize usually a very mundane thought that's the same as the thoughts they've had 10, 100,000 times already, over and over again. Out of all the possible thoughts you could think, the most sublime, the most imaginative, the most inspired, the most creative, the most genius thoughts. No, little tiny ego thoughts that are a boring repetition of everything you thought over and over and over again. How long do you want to go around that circle? Play the same record over and over. Aren't you tired of it? Wouldn't you like to renew 
your thought album collection. <laughs> Wouldn't you like to live an inspired life? A life of genius. Well, everyone has access to genius because it does not belong to the ego mind. It belongs to this infinite mind. That you really are but have cut off access to because of the chattering repetition of the boring old ego thoughts. But inherently you have the freedom prior to any given thought to choose to create a new thought that you have never thought before. That is the essence of our free will. But to do that, we have to recognize we do not know who we are. Because who we think we are is not who we are. And most people believe they are who their mind thinks they are. And those thoughts come from who other people told you you were, parents originally, and then the whole system. And looking in the mirror, you say, ah, that's me, I must be a body and all of the implications and the thoughts that go from that and the personality that develops to deal with the adversities of a pathological family system and a whole social system in which no one recognizes you for who you really are and so you forget yourself to go along and get along but in any moment you have the freedom to break out of the prison of the ego mind with its constant repetition of the same boring thoughts that create all of your suffering. They create not only mental and emotional suffering, but they create physical suffering. Because again, it's been proven, this is known, that almost all physical illnesses and diseases, and they're called that for a reason, are produced by thoughts in the mind. Thoughts that get repressed into the body, so the mind doesn't know what they are, but the repressed comes back in the form of physical suffering. Or it can proje be projected out into the world and it'll come back in terms of experiences from out there, the so-called out there that you've all admitted is really in your own mind but that seems to come from outside, that we generally call karma. But because all of it comes from your own thoughts, and you have the freedom to change your thoughts, you can end your suffering at any moment. But it will require the courage fully recognize that you don't know who you are. And more than that, you cannot know who you are because you are not a who. That's the illusion of identifying with the body. 
the cosmic mind can appear as a who, but is it? If something is infinite and has no limits and no boundaries, can it be defined? To define is the opposite of infinite. You are indefinable, unknowable. You are the ultimate mystery. And most people cannot handle that fact. It's too much. So I'd rather find some little comfort zone of suffering and pain and believe that's me, and then let that little me live out. And never fully recognize the truth. Eventually, that little me, which cannot cope with the great challenges of life, because it doesn't have the wisdom, it doesn't have the love, it doesn't have the power of will to live a life of nobility and virtue and empowerment and clarity and joy, because it feels lack and anxiety and all of those other pathological emotions that are an inherent product of belief in the false self cannot do it. And so at some moment, when you do a cost-benefit analysis, you realize the cost of maintaining your false ego identity is too great. And that you're cheating yourself of the benefit of your infinite, eternal, blissful self. And it's when you come to that realization that you have grown too large for your ego identity. You're like the snake that has to shed its skin in order to grow into a new skin that will now suit it. But unlike the snake that does it naturally and easily and instinctively, we resist it. And then we get more and more stifled, stultified, and choked by our own fear. It's fear of growth, fear of metamorphosis, fear of the unknown, the unknown self, fear of power, fear of love, fear of truth. This institute exists for the sole purpose of helping you come out of that snake skin or come out of the larval state and become the butterfly, if you prefer that metaphor. There are many, many metaphors of this transformation. But this is the perennial, eternal process of a human being growing to its full stature, our full potential, and realizing that we are not simply human, but divine. And that's the meaning of the metaphor of Christ, both man and God. But it's not about one guy back there. 
all of us have that potential, male, female, young, old, no matter what race, religion, background, IQ level, whatever, might differentiate you and make you feel like, no, it can't be me he's talking to, maybe somebody else. There is no one who is not able to reach the full enlightenment of self-realization. And the only obstacle is your own fear. The good news is that it's a groundless fear. Because once you do enter that unknown, you will realize that it actually enables you to know everything. And it's the fear itself that dies and becomes pure love. And it's the love that will heal your life and heal everyone who is in your life because the power of love is that strong. But it has to be the infinite love, the unconditional love, the love that is God. You are that. When a moment comes in your life and you realize it is time for that transformation and nothing less will do and you won't settle anymore for substitutes and most of the addictions are simply substitutes to make you forget that this is your situation. Drink a little more alcohol, smoke a little weed, do a little of this or that to pretend you have a nice happy life in that little cage you're living in and forget about the vast horizons of being that you have shut yourself out from. But you do not have to settle. And this transformation does not need to be difficult. It does not need to be something that goes on for years and years and lifetimes and lifetimes, although it can. But it goes on only as long as it takes for you to defeat the demon of fear. And this community exists to help you slay that demon and gain real power, not the false power of the ego, that power is a bluff. The real power that is union with the presence of the mind of God. Because you are already it, the process is a simple one. It simply is stop pretending you're not it. 
And every thought that comes from the ego mind is a pretense. An illusion that tries to hook you back in to that stream of thought that leads to the same old, same old suffering and lack. But when you refuse to think those thoughts and you turn your mind to the source of your being, the presence of the mind of God, of the divine light, the radiance, the power is right there. It's always there. It's here now. It's filling the room. It's filling your soul. If you will just attune to it, resonate with it, instead of resonating at a more gross vibrational frequency through believing you're a physicalized body. When you realize that you are consciousness, you're already able to then attune very simply by asking what is the source of this consciousness. And allowing yourself to relax into it. It requires relaxation. It requires letting go, not tightening up, letting go. And oddly enough, for the human ego, it's much easier to tighten up than it is to relax. Has anybody noticed that? But another odd paradox. You'd think everybody would want to relax. They don't. People hate relaxing, even on vacation. You see people on the beach really tight, you know. Nobody can relax. Why? Because when you relax, your heart opens. Oh my God. Ultimate terror. Why? Because you will feel how much pain there is in your heart now because of the fact that you were never loved. Not really, not fully, not truly, not the real you. And you were hurt, you were traumatized. You were abused not seen, and your heart is filled with pain and it's so unbearable that you want to shut it and keep it closed forever and never open it so you'd have to feel it. And so you don't want to relax. But if you're willing to relax, knowing that the healing power of God is right there, actually in your heart, but you need to open it from behind in order to let it in, to let it into the ego level of your emotional body, it will wash away all the pain. <laughs> it will do it instantly. You won't have to carry that unbearable pain anymore that you deny that you even have, but that's creating all the suffering in your life. You don't have to deny it because it'll be gone. But until you can feel it, you can't heal it. And so the science of consciousness means 
that you don't allow yourself the luxury of having an unconscious mind anymore. Freud thought that was like structurally necessary to the human psyche. It's not. It's a choice. We create an unconscious and then a censor to make us forget we even have an unconscious because we didn't want to feel the pain contained in the, that, those thoughts that we repress. <coughs> and we sealed them off. We buried them in a tomb. But that tomb is our body and then, then they come back as symptoms in the body or in our lives. Or we project them on our best friends, our spouses, and they get our pain. We make collusions with people. But if you have the courage to feel it yourself and give it to the God-mind within you, it will be dissolved because it's not real. It's like those particles that once you recognize they're just quantum waves, they become that again. And those waves are blissful. There's no pain in them at all. The pain is the contraction around the thought. And if the thought is, I'm not lovable, I'm not good, I'm not worthy, no one cares about me, I'm being abandoned, those thoughts will have so much pain and contraction around them that they produce the suffering that warps not only what's going on in your unconscious mind, but the entire space of your life gets warped by that contraction of the space, and then it produces repetitions of that pain again and again and again in future scenarios in your life. And you've created it by the very effort to avoid it and by contracting it and repressing it. Another great paradox. By letting it go and relaxing and releasing yourself of these illusions of pain that are just memory traces, that have become fixed standing waves, letting them go, the waves dissolve back into the unified field and you're free. And your heart becomes the great heart, the universal heart, the sacred heart of Christ no longer the ego heart of trauma and pain and rejection. They are not different, but it's the contraction that makes them feel different. That makes you feel separate from God and that God is an impossibility. The Buddha mind is just an idea. No, your ego is just a bunch of ideas. The ego mind is, the Buddha mind is real. The mind of God is real. We've turned everything backwards and inside out in this egoic culture to avoid facing the pain of our own inauthentic lives. And so being a yogi means being authentic. Being who you really are. Not leading a false life anymore. If you're willing to do that, you don't need any techniques to achieve liberation.
You just have to stop lying to yourself. And to know that every thought in the ego mind is a lie. It is in the silence, the peace, the presence of the real self that you find truth. And that truth will not only explain your life to you, and resolve all of the enigmas, free yourself from the pain of whatever losses there were, whatever life occurrences that were too traumatic to be able to cope with consciously and release you from the necessity of having to repeat those disasters. And instantly morph you into a healer. Into one who has realized and who can share and transmit and release all beings because everyone is trapped by the same dynamic, the same logic. And when you have freed yourself, you have the skeleton key that can open the lock of every mind, every soul, every heart, and free everyone from their pain. but it all depends on freeing yourself. And so in Sat Yoga we learn how to do that and we practice doing it. For some people they want to put a toe in the water and then another one and they do this very gradually and they can take years to do it. And others just dive into the pool, the baptismal pool that is actually an infinite ocean of consciousness and dissolve the ego at one go. You can do it any way you want to do it. We recommend the latter approach. But there's patience. That may be required if someone prefers to just take out one little pain from their heart at a time and say, okay, can you heal this one? Oh, good. Okay, can you heal this one? Okay. And we can take them out one at a time and recognize that you won't be judged, you won't be rejected, it won't kill you to feel it, and you can give small doses of liberation to yourself and say, ah, that felt great, I feel much better. And little by little allow yourself to get to bliss. Or you can have it all because you are here and now.
Because it's a zero-step program, it means there is nothing to do. The ego doesn't know how to do nothing. Because the ego cannot just be. Because it has no being. But the only method is to just be. As the silence that is perceiving and that it becomes aware of itself as the perceiver. And as you become fully aware of yourself as the perceiver, you realize that everything being perceived is part of that perception. There are, there's no other. There's no duality. This is all one. And when there's the recognition of that oneness and the realization that there is not a multiplicity of beings, but one whole consciousness, at that moment, when that gets in and the light goes on, there is no more fear. Because fear is always of an other. Someone else, someone will betray me, someone will leave me, someone will do this to me, someone will do that to me. But when there is no other, and you realize that the world is simply your reflection, do you have fear if you look in the mirror and the face growls back at you? If you weren't growling at it, you might. But you're always growling at it if it's growling back. And the world is just our mirror. And once we recognize that fearlessness becomes clear as the nature of our being. And because fear and desire are two sides of the same coin, when the fear falls away, desire falls away. And desire is lack. And so there's fullness, there's joy, there's peace, serenity. And now, out of that state of relaxation that finally comes, the opening, not only of the heart, but of the mind, allows in that infinite mind, infinite intelligence. And suddenly the life becomes inspired, creative, free. And everything you ever really wanted to do, but thought, ah, you couldn't do that. You don't have the talent, the skill, the perseverance or whatever to do it, falls away. And you begin to see that life is beautiful and that nothing stops you from reaching your ultimate potential and living in joy. Continuously. So, if you would like that, recognize that nothing stops you from giving it to yourself. But the moment to give yourself that gift is now. If you say, well, okay, maybe, I'll think about it, maybe next week, 
Sounds good. I'm not sure I believe it, but uh, okay. I'll, I'll think about it. Then you create the tendency to put it off, and next week never comes. It becomes a week after, a week after, a week after. And that's the ego playing a game with you. The only power you have is in the now. Past doesn't exist, actually, neither does the future. Quantum physics again teaches us that. Now. And not even the clock now, because that's infinitesimal. It's the eternal now that is real. And that eternal now is realized when the, the mind of the ego is silenced, because the mind creates the illusion of time. When that is silenced, Time slows down, and if the silence is total, it stops, and eternity is realized. Eternity is not a long time, it's the recognition of the illusion of time. So how many of you would like to achieve this liberation? 